Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. Uh, despite our little uh, excited opening there, I will say um, we're going to have a summer opening before we start talking about the Summer Games Fest stuff. Um, many of you guys know recently over the past several months, uh, I've been collaborating more with Seamus Young a blogger that I have followed and admired for, I think, about 15 years, approximately. Um, I first discovered his blog with the DM of the Rings comic, and then I just started following. And as time went and he grew, he just sort of helped influence and inspire me in regards to how I wanted to approach writing, you know, be more positive about things, be less negative, focus on... Um, things in a positive, constructive light, um, further back away from things like politics, you know, so try and be less political, try and be a, try and be apolitical so that you can be appealing to as many people as possible. Like get the stuff that we can all relate to kind of a thing. Um, and just so many other ways in which he was a huge inspiration. And unfortunately this week, um, he passed away. So it's all on the, 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 his website, SeamusYoung.com slash 20 sided, uh, I think it's 20 sided tale. Um, it's been rough, uh, but I just wanted to say, you know, give a shout out and say it was incredible following him these past 15 years. And even though I was going to have him on for talking about cyberpunk, you know, talk about um, just a lot of things, uh, there were plans he wanted to co-op Halo Infinite. I'm glad that I was able to do what I could with him, that we were able to stream Batman Arkham, that we were able to stream Resident Evil 5, that he was on my podcast to discuss things like The Witcher 3, and that we had a pretty good weekend uh, me and him discussing Summer Games Fest, the commentary for the first show, and then having him on board for the Xbox Bethesda um, presentation. So, um, yeah, just a big sense of gratitude that I got what time that I had with him. Um, and I guess, even though it might be, I don't know if other podcasts do it, but like I just wanted to have a moment of silence for him so um i don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to say you didn't know him as closely as i did obviously no i mean it's um i i like you said i didn't know him as well as you did but i've i've read his blog quite a bit i've read some of his pieces and had the pleasure of having him on the pod being on the podcast uh the hd podcast with him a few times so uh yeah he's he's gonna really be missed um so, yeah, great guy. Yeah, I um, dude, that the the stream that we did for the Xbox Bethesda showcase was really my only interaction with him. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, he, he he seemed like a super chill, down to earth, relatable, and genuinely jolly guy. Um, so I I, you know, I wish I could have gotten to know him better because he he seemed he seemed. He seemed cool. 
So this was like sudden, but I'm glad I had that moment with him because I, I felt like we, we like all, the three of us, especially just had a, had a fun bond that, that time. So yeah, uh, my, my first and probably not only impression, but it was, but like, that was, uh, that was probably the, the best way someone like me could have gotten to know. So, um, I don't know. I don't know the official way people normally do this. So I'm going to hit a timer, uh, for about a minute and we will have a minute of silence for him starting now. All right, thank you guys. Um, now, with that, uh, with that sadness um, addressed, I guess you don't want to say it's out of the way, right? Um, but uh, with that, uh, we can talk about the Summer Games Fest, which I wrote about quite a bit this week and even last week. Um, I don't know uh, if either of you guys had a chance to to read it. Um, but I posted on my blog the idea that E3 is dead, long live E3, and that Summer Games Fest, this idea of everything being stretched out, like it's not the same. But maybe before then, we should like I should ask like what do you guys miss the E3 of old? Do you miss that excitement, the press conferences, all three juggernauts taking blows at each other's chins, like? Do you guys miss that? Oh, yes and no. Cause like, I, I'm like, I, I'll put it this way. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's only so much cringe I can handle and of a specific yeah. variety. Um, like the legendary, the absolute legendary 2006 E3. Okay. I love it. That like that was so good at how terrible the the, the conferences <laughs> were, except for Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo was um, good, yeah. It, like in, but but like Nintendo was also entertaining with theirs at that time, and Sony's was entertaining because it was terrible. Because like I've only ever known one person who bought Genji two, uh, and I don't know <laughs> if they knew about the giant enemy crab meme um, or the just oh so revolutionary real-time weapon change yep um based on actual uh, battles in ancient japan so here's a giant enemy crack yep. <laughs> good times but then like fast forward to say the 2010 e3 
um, where th- th- there was a lot of stuff going on. And I, and I think a lot of the um, like nearly every single uh, showcase around that time, except for like EA probably was showcasing something like some really, really good stuff. Um, like 2010, they, they were going to show off some games that were going to come out, come out in 2011 and 2012, which were arguably some of the best games of that era. Um, Nintendo was introducing the 3DS and they were just like coming out swinging. Um, uh, cause, cause I watched, uh, Craig's, uh, Craig Skistimus from, uh, for, like formerly from screw attack. Like he was, like he was going through that, uh, that E3 and talking about moments from that, that, that were really cool. Um, I, I miss, I miss those because th- there was a kind of magic to them. In, in just how terrible but also entertaining that they were and then there was and then it just got too I don't know like it, it got too corporate it got too shilly it got too um I don't know it, it kind of got away from just showcasing games and that's why Nintendo was like yeah we're not presenting anymore um but the, the entertainment factor is kind of gone now how about you, uh, Steve? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, regard? it's it's weird because on the one hand, I miss that like that feeling of when it was E three week and you'd finish up work and have like twenty trailers to watch, and you kind of would like get a really good idea of what you wanted to play, and, and it's almost in a, in a small way like I don't know, like I feel like E three is is similar to how what's happened with a lot of like movies to some degree where it used to be, you know, going to the theater was like an event. And now I feel like you get this drip feed of things that you might've gone into the theater to see 20 years ago. And you get this sort of drip feed into your streaming services. And it's kind of like that, right? Cause we now everybody has their own way to, We've got Nintendo Direct and Sony's Nintendo Direct. And you get like, you know, all these different like things and they're all throughout the year. It's, just, it's sort of like a drip feed. And so on the one hand, I miss the event. I miss the spectacle. I miss the cheesiness and stuff like it was it was at E3, one of the where Sony did the whole thing with The Last of Us 2, where they had like two separate rooms and they like mm-hmm. it was like the one room was like literally decorated like the cut scene in yep. last of the That was their yeah, last like, E3. That was the last Yeah, E3 they said that was like the last E3 uh, and or Sony's last E3. But yeah, like like you miss people just kind of getting crazy with it. And now now those same kind of announcements are just happening happening via like tune in at, you know, whatever it is, 3 p.m. Pacific, and we're going to announce some stuff. You know, like, I want live musicians in a room that's a replica of a set from the game. And, I mean, I don't, but I, I miss it. I, I do. Dude, remember the, um, it, like, I don't think Twilight Princess was coming out for another, like, four years at that at this point. But when they had, when they created, like, a giant corridor just hyping uh that was just like made of set pieces hyping twilight princess do you remember that i don't remember the physical set piece no i do remember the first actual trailer for twilight princess which 
used music from uh, the Conan the Barbarian soundtrack, which was great. Um, I watched that show oh, that, over and over again. Um, <laughs> no, it's not weird. It was actually kind of, a, I mean, it made it sound epic. Um, it was the first trailer, E3 2004, which that's the thing. Like, I watched a bunch of older E3, like, highlight videos off of a guy's um, YouTube channel. He does kind of sort of archival footage old e3 he's got like the uh e3 1996 kind of a thing um stuff like that so he's got a bunch of old like historical footage of this stuff and e3 2004 man was just off the hook and the funny thing is i don't all it's not just the glitz and glamour that i miss i do miss seeing i do miss seeing some of the the spreadsheets and powerpoints actually and i know for a lot of people that's like what that was the worst part man and it's like yeah but at the same time <laughs> even though it's all of the language is going to be you know like self like aggrandizing at the same time you get a sense of the message and how they're trying to twist the message to make it seem like they're the best um like getting stuff like uh even in 1996 right where Sega's got their uh, the Sega Saturn, Sony's got the PlayStation, and Nintendo's still calling it the Ultra 64 because they're at least a year away from releasing their new 3D console. So they're like, we're not worried about them. The real competitor is game piracy. And so they end up having this like public service, you know, like announcement, um, this PSA of like, the treachery of games piracy and how cyberspace is just going to make it worse. And yes, they use the word cyberspace. So I love it. There's stuff like that. There's, I mean, there's uh, the thing is I remember making a lot of snark and jabs. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of the presentations are so lifeless now. Um, they they found this formula and unfortunately Nintendo was even in the formula because it's like, like it's funny you mentioned the the direct right Nintendo started doing the direct not long after Konami actually started streaming conferences instead using Mega sixty four because their their last E three press conference was the legendarily bad E three press conference with you know Oof, one million troops. Wow, you know, like uh Taki Fuji, I believe is the guy's name, and he's great. He made Gal Metal. Um dude's actually pretty cool. Uh but yeah, he was in charge of this game and he was trying to get the press hyped up and the press did not care. They're in this stuffy little conference room. Um you got, you know, they they've got these fake wrestlers trying to hype a wrestling game that's not even tied to a major label. Um so you have, uh, or or was it Fire Pro Wrestling? It might have been Fire Pro Wrestling, um, but that's which the thing. Is shame, which is a shame because I think Suda Fifty One is behind Fire Pro. Uh, no, he was not at this time because that was um, Konami. But that's the thing. Like it's, ah. it's 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 like they were trying. They were the small little conference that was trying to generate hype. Nobody in the audience had any time for it, and so Konami was like, "All right." Next year, we'll do something different. And so they had Mega 64 do skits in between the pre-recorded footage of hyping things up like a new Metal Gear Solid game or this or that. Like, 
And it was pretty genius. And that's where a year or two later, Nintendo was like, you know what? We're going to do our direct presentations instead because it's cheaper and we're able to better structure the message more clearly. Now, you know, the, what was it? Was it 2018 or 2019? That was the last Sony E3 where, yeah, they were like, we have these games are going to go through. And they had a different location for each one. And that's part of the issue is they're like, we're going to do something amazing. We're going to rent all of these spaces and we're going to shuffle um, all the press from one location to the next. But the press hated doing that because it's LA, it's hot. And not all of the locations were air conditioned. So it was this big flashy thing that resulted in a lot of griping and ultimately didn't pay off for the cost of it. So instead yeah. of, instead of, you know, dialing it back a bit and being a bit more practical, um, soon he decided, you know what, we're, we're done. We are just going to do our own messaging and I think that's why I say E3 is dead because my ultimate conclusion is if I'm a big company, why would I choose one three-day period to share my announcements with other companies and not guarantee myself as the news item of the week? Instead, like you could be overwritten by any one thing that comes out of nowhere and surprises everyone. Right. Um, and Microsoft is, of course, doing that still. They're doing the Summer Games Fest thing. And they would have been live and on stage probably if it weren't for the fact that E3 was like, no, nope, we're not happening this year. Um, but really, if I'm a big company, like other than like because people like it. Why am I going to do that? And I think that's one of the reasons Summer Games Fest this year, especially like outside of Microsoft's press conference, there's not a lot of big stuff uh, being in Capcom as well, I guess. Microsoft and Capcom and then Square Enix just had their big reveal today, you know, a week after Summer Games Fest when all the excitement's starting to like peter out when everyone's like done for the most part. Um, we just got yeah, to... The Sorry, go ahead. Like they, they, they just see the, the what I liked about E3 was that it was, you know, it would be essentially a week long, but the the major stuff would be on on over a four days. Yeah. Um. Now they're just stretching it over a month, and it's easier to keep up with stuff. But it it's also it it like. It's like Steve said, it's like we're we're getting some drip feed throughout the year, and this just feels like part of the drip feed. It doesn't it, it doesn't have this this actual like, okay, this is where stuff happens thing because it, it, if it if it did, then you know, we probably would have had a proper Dragon's Dogma two reveal at like during Capcom's thing. Why it was separate, I don't know. It's weird. I think well, part of it is I, because I mean, they don't they don't have an official trailer. It was just, I mean, was it was one ten minute I, I didn't piece, watch it. but it was basically Hideaki Itsuno and some other guys talking about the development of the original Dragon's Dogma. What inspired it uh, originally? What like drove them to make it the way they did? 
And then the last 30 seconds were they 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 took off their jackets and revealed Dragon's Dogma 2 t-shirts. And it was great because for me, I'm I was trying not to set myself up for disappointment. And as a result, I'm happy, but no trailer, no graphic, just Dragon's Dogma 2 is in development, which means we're probably not seeing it until 2024. So we got yeah, like, like two years. Um, like it's a t-shirt and I feel like that's less than the Metroid Prime 4 logo that we got back in what 2017. <laughs> I mean it's it's kind of a throwback to the Resident Evil 2 remake we do it uh thing. Um, oh yeah. Which was just basically like all right, we're going to make it. Like we haven't started yet, we're going to make it. Um so this is like which already in development. It's probably at least 2 years in. But uh, no, it would be a little more than that because Devil May Cry Five was what twenty nineteen. Yes, if so were, if that is if they were working on it immediately after, and yeah, you're gonna have like uh, up mind, they, pre-production. They did, like they did put out DLC and Definitive Edition. I, I don't imagine that would take you know too much more development time. Yeah, but they still had to put those out. So it could be a year or two. Uh, it could be two years to three years in development, but it's a big open world RPG kind of a game. So 2024 is my guess. Um, so, but that's the thing. Is it going to be in space? Is it going to be the, the Starfield killer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm hoping there will at least be two player co-op and you can each have a pawn in there instead of uh, relying purely on pawns. But either way... Um, but that's the thing, yeah. It's like, why wasn't, uh, why wasn't the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth announcement, which just came up today? Like, why didn't they announce that at Sony State of Play or Summer Games Fest or any? Or, or well, they're not going to do it at Xbox because it's PlayStation Five exclusive. Yay! But yeah, like, not, not even PS Four, which is not a surprise at this point. It's where it's been. I've been unplugged. We're not unplugged. I have not have been able to check this stuff. Which Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? It's remake it's, two. Oh, it's remake part. It's remake yeah, two. it's remake part, part two. two. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just I I totally missed the announcement. So yeah, I mean it because that was only like two hours ago that it got announced. Basically, right? I mean, it's basically just confirming that from here on everything's different, which you knew from the ending of remake. So, um, it's and they confirmed it's going to be a three parter. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm not super excited myself, but that's because, so, okay. I, I was trying to think of the best comparison I could final fantasy seven, right? To me, final fantasy seven is like the, the, the love interest girl from Greece where the original game is this girl through the whole movie. And then everything that came after uh, be it uh, Advent Children, Crisis Core, Dirge Server, all that crap, um, and everything that they're doing now. That's her with the makeover. I'm sure there are people that think she's better that way, but to me, it's like, you know what? That's awful. I don't like this. Give me back the nicely dressed, well-mannered one, you know, the good one. Give me back the good one instead of whatever I mean, this is. is. It does, it. it does, it does. The real shame is whatever this mobile phone game is that's doing both Zack and Final Fantasy VII story is closer to what I wanted out of a Final Fantasy VII remake, and it's for phones. 
and forces me into this Zack prequel crap that I do not want. So it's, I can't win. So I got to go back and play the original and I will. And I will several times cause I love the original still, but it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like the huge disconnect between me and just whatever simp fandom people are like, where they will literally eat it because it has a logo or something, or because it has characters they remember. Consume product and ask no questions, and then consume the next product when it comes out. And then we're going I mean, to have... It's... I was going to say, we're going to have Steve here one day talking about how excited he is about all this stuff. So, I have mixed feelings. Like... I almost look at it kind of like Star Wars, right? <laughs> Where, like, you know, like, there's the original trilogy, and that's kind of Star Wars, right? And what do you mean kind of? It is. I mean, it's, that kind of, like... It's what right, started right. it all. No, 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 sorry. But, like, that, to to some degree, that that's all that really... That's, like, real Star Wars. Like, kind of like Final Fantasy VII. The, the PS1 game on three discs, like that's Final Fantasy VII. And, and they, they keep on coming back and like adding more stuff and doing more stuff. And now like, it's okay, like the Obi-Wan show. I'm not going to give any spoilers. But like, on the one hand, like Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is the best part of the prequel trilogy. And I am glad that Ewan McGregor got to play Obi-Wan again. And I'm happy to be watching him play Obi-Wan again and do Obi-Wan-y things. <laughs> Obi-Wan-y, that sounds really weird. Anyway, do I think it's kind of unnecessary? And do I think aspects of it actually sort of ruin aspects of the original trilogy? Like, they sort of retcon important things about the original trilogy yeah like it kind of messes up things that were sort of very nicely even when you throw in the prequels things that were sort of very nicely wrapped up and now we're like oh we gotta add some more we gotta tell some more story we gotta connect this and this and this and we gotta connect that and that and that and i get it's i guess i feel both ways about it like i'm both happy to consume it but also understand how in a in a way even though the original still exists in its original form this somehow degrades the original a little bit yep so, so I, that's, that's my take so my take is i'm going to buy it day 1 i'm going to pre-order it i'm going to get the special edition and all that <laughs> stuff and you're going to have fun but also, but also i i understand philosophically why i'm part of the problem <laughs> You could stop I'm, at any time. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in full agreement. Like with, I'm playing Final. Oh, dude, I'm playing. I'm playing Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin right now, and I'm loving <laughs> it. <laughs> You're so chuckling to it along, huh? It's. I I honestly like once you get the hang of it, the combat is pretty fun, and I think the whole thing about having two block buttons is like that kind of stuff is like overrated, just because not overrated, like overstated. Because the second block button isn't really a block. It's is a it whole different mechanic. 
Right, it's an absorption mechanic. You say, ooh, I want that spell. Give me that spell. And then you take the spell, and then you like use it on somebody else. That's the thing. It's got a weird parry thing going for it, but... Yeah, it's like not even a parry, because you like you can like save it. Well, I mean, it's more in the timing, at least. It's more in the timing of it that it's a bit of a parry mechanic thing. But um, regardless, we, we have gone a little bit into the, the, the weeds here. But Into the weeds here. Anyway, so <laughs> I mean, like... So, I mean, for me, here's here's the thing. I, I watched all I watched a lot of the indie trailers, and some of it looks interesting with like summer game stuff. But for me, like Overwatch Two info, and now having to speaking of being a fanboy simp, Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy. Speaking of fanboy simp, uh, and and the, the Final Fantasy Seven rebirth info that I, I don't actually have yet. So those are the two things which have, have most excite me over the last, you know, week of Summer Games Fest and so on. Like, I don't care about Star You know what Star amuses me, though, is right after we got done our Xbox Bethesda stream commentary where me, Joey and Seamus were all for, my first thing was, is this Overwatch one on Game Pass? Because I could not tell. Um, I couldn't tell the characters they were showing all looked the same as an Overwatch one to me. And then it's like, oh, it's Overwatch two. And all of us were just like, man, like we didn't care. And then I go to my discord and there you are. Yeah. Overwatch two, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I had to laugh because it's like such a, such a contrast to us. Like we were all just like, yep. Well, yeah, it's I mean, Overwatch. I mean, I guess some of you, I mean, maybe Joey has, but like I've played hundreds of hours of Overwatch, and all I want is for Overwatch to get better. I, uh, oh, I, I played, I played a lot of Overwatch, and it was um, yeah, yeah. You've, I, I think you've a, you've spoken your story, not given the details, but spoken the story of why you don't into play. A very, very bad person. I, I became a terrible person, so I uninstalled it and shelved it forever. I, it's it's not the game's not in the status where I throw it down my hallway, which is what I gave, <laughs> the, which is the treatment that I gave to Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty Three, uh, Black Ops Three, Call of Duty Black Ops Four. <laughs> I think you're beginning to see a pattern here. <laughs> so um, so here's the thing: Overwatch doesn't do that. Overwatch doesn't make me angry, but what it turns me into typically is like a papa bear, where I like will group up with people and I'm like, I must protect these people. And it also helps that I'm a Reinhardt main, which is basically like, you know, that's personality wise. It, it all works very well together that like, like when I, I group up with people, I don't like, I don't know. That's just, that's just my style. I think so you also has, have the advantage has, I don't... these days that you can stack up with your kids and therefore, you're not playing with strangers as much because that seems to be the real well, secret yeah. is playing with friends or something where you're not caring about ranked or whatever, oh, but maybe well, a lot of my playing ranked with strangers has actually been some of my best overwatch experience. That's actually what I, what I love about overwatch is those experiences where I've like, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing ranked at night with random people and I'm, do, I'm do on, you play on console or PC console. Okay, that's see this. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might have been part of the difference. But you know, I'll meet up with somebody and like, oh, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Indiana. Like, oh, cool. Like, all right, let's let's group up. And then it's like next game we get on, and there's two guys who are speaking like 
really broken English and a little bit of Spanish. And we're like, oh, where are you guys at? Oh, we're in Costa Rica. Like, all right, like, let's group up. And, you know, like, <laughs> I've got, like, some hick and I've got two guys from Costa Rica and me. And then we'll, like, pick up, like, a 13-year-old who should be in bed or something. And <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just play Overwatch. Don't take that out of context. <laughs> Somebody's gonna clip that. <laughs> I'm not me and a guy from Indiana and two guys from Puerto Rico or, or Costa Rica, you know, pick up 13 year olds. Yeah, that's that's gonna sound great. Um, <laughs> you either anyway, play an Overwatch or you need or you belong in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm looking. I'm, I'm what I'm actually most looking forward to about Overwatch Two is that it's going to bring back all the players. And so there's going to be a much bigger pool. It's not going to be a game. Right now, the game is entirely populated by, like, misanthropes and trolls. Like, it's it's either, if you're playing in a low-ranked game, it's filled with people who are playing on Smurf accounts and deliberately deranked accounts and just trolling on people. Or if you played a high rank game, it's it's like fifty percent like mega sweats and fifty percent people who have decided that they don't want to deal with the mega threats anymore, so they're throwing to deliberately derank their high level account. That's basically Welcome to the Call of Duty, Steve. I've been here for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just looking forward to breaking that cycle, uh, hopefully. Well, well, actually, I'm about to drink to that. Didn't they promise during the presentation today or did you not get to see it? I didn't actually see the whole. I watched a couple of the videos. I watched the stuff about the PVE modes, uh, but I didn't. And the, the, Wait, they talked about stuff. PVE. Yeah, there was a there was at least on YouTube. They had a, a, a bit on PVE, too. So that, well, that was the big thing about Overwatch 2 when it was first announced was that there was going to be a PVE mode. Um, and that was going to be the big thing. And like any of the new multiplayer content was apparently going to be compatible with the first Overwatch. So it's like still the multiplayer, going to be from I can tell. Yeah, the, like the multiplayer is essentially going to get expanded, but also changed. I don't know. I'm hoping that they still have classic mode because they they do have their they have this new thing now where uh, it's five v five and you can only have one tank um, instead of six v six. And I'm and I'm just and I, I oh man I, I nearly had a stroke like <laughs> when I saw that I was like why why did you make that change um I guess it wants to be more mobile like I guess but I I I feel like Overwatch not like having MOBA elements but not being a MOBA is what helped it stand out yeah um I don't know like my big thing right now because. Part of it's just where Blizzard is, right? Like, I see what's going on with Diablo Immortal right now, and it's awful. And people will say, well, this is just how the mobile gaming sphere is. And it's like, well, firstly, we shouldn't just take that lying down. And it's also on PC. And also, secondly, I think, like, they announced that, you know, Overwatch 2 is free to play and there won't be loot boxes. And, you know, the way they're, of course, going to spin it is this is a good big deal. This is better for everyone. But I imagine that's in order to get around all kinds of countries that now ban loot boxes. So now they're going to have like a battle pass and then they're going to have an in-game store where, well, okay, 
what's in that in-game store? What are people going to be able to buy in that in-game store? And is there going to be more of a grind? Because they're trying to talk like progression is going to be better. But hasn't every game with really bad grinding talked about how you don't need to grind? It's not pay to win. You don't need to grind. You'll be fine just playing the game because Battlefront sure did that. Um, I know Assassin's Creed Valhalla did that. I know... um, Well, they didn't do it at first. Valhalla didn't do it at first. And then after the reviews came out, then they patched them in. That's true. They had to patch all that crap. Well, no, no, no. What they patched in was the ability to buy XP boosters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they patched. I mean, that's but the grind was still there. the same thing. It's coming. That's the thing. The, the grind was still there. And it was there, I think, in Odyssey even. But I th- evidently it got worse in Valhalla. But that's the thing. Like, all of these well, games try and make these promises that they're going to be an even Diablo Immortal. Diablo Immortal was like, you can't buy, you know, weapons and armor in the store. Well, of course you can't. What you do is you buy this kind of in-game currency that can then be used on another currency that increases your odds of getting really good loot or gear or item drops that enable you to get really good loot and gear. And it's this big, giant, convoluted system, and it's like... Even if it's only half as bad as that for Overwatch 2, is it well like I, hope, I really honestly Fortnite's current model is one of the better ones I've seen. Have you ever you guys haven't touched Fortnite, I'm guessing, have you? Not since it was in beta. <laughs> Just okay. what I watched of you playing it. Yeah, but so the the loot system basically there's 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 like two aspects to it. So the right, there's a there's a essentially what's a real money store where right you buy V bucks and then you can spend or you can also earn V bucks by playing the game but mostly you buy them and you can use them to just buy whatever skins you want and then there's the battle pass tier where with the battle pass you get stars and and then as you level up you unlock different pages of the battle pass and you can use those stars to buy whatever you want in the battle pass. And then the stars, when the battle pass resets, your stars reset, but your V-Bucks stay forever. Um, so, like, in theory, you could unlock the whole battle pass, only use your stars to buy all the V-Bucks in the battle pass, and then use that to buy a skin in the real money store. And then some of the things have specific like quests which in Fortnite suck the quests suck but i think overwatch could do a better job um where the quests are typically you know go to this location and find a hidden item is basically 99 percent of the quests and then that allows unlocks customization options for the skins basically so that's that's basically the system you play the game you level up um you unlock some of the real money currency and also can unlock skins and emotes and all the other stuff with that. Um, if you play enough, you can actually get an earn enough V bucks to unlock some, you know, pay for skins and emotes. Otherwise, you pay real money for them. That's basically the the current Fortnite model. Now you also, realize I, I, the fact that it took you that long to explain it means to me it's not actually a good system. <laughs> Like, well, he didn't say it was good. He said it was the best. That's a good point. 
Also, yeah, no, I'm, I'm also going to point out neither Fortnite nor Overwatch at this point are paid are pay to win. Yes, this is so true. It is just cosmetics. cosmetics. Yeah, it's yeah, all cosmetics, it's which is yeah, hundred. We we are really in this weird era where once upon a time we mocked horse armor because they expect us to spend so much money for a cosmetic. I saw point that out. And now here we are. Like, please just make it cosmetic. And even then, it's this giant hamster wheel of methods to get you excited for cosmetics or willing to spend money on cosmetics. And it's like, it's just, it's just a really weird space to me. It's like one of those, it is one of those areas where I am very old man yells at cloud. I can't help but wonder would a subscription service not be better because people are doing it anyway when you think of the battle pass well, if you are buying so multiple seasons of battle passes isn't that a subscription well it's like as a choice kind of because you so one with fortnite it's theoretically if you if you play a ton every like every other maybe every two seasons you can unlock the third one for free um depending on like just by what you've earned and it's also just a choice like we looked at the skins in this season for Fortnite, and all my kids were like eh, these are kind of lame and so we just they're gonna still play with their friends but we didn't get the bat none of them got wanted to get the battle pass this season so like you know you just kind of you just kind of like leave it and then i'm sure next season there'll be somebody cool and they'll want to get the battle pass again. But yeah, so th- there's some advantages to it. Now, Fortnite also has a subscription service where you get, like, you pay $15 a month and you get a certain number of V-Bucks, you get exclusive skins, you get the battle pass added in and all that other stuff. But that's kind of that's kind of BS. 15 bucks a month? Something like that's that. That's about how much World of Warcraft is, and I think that's about how much uh, Final Fantasy XIV Online is. Fortnite, and, and they're Fortnite free up to crew. a point. True, fourteen Online is free up to a point, yeah. You also, to... Fantasy Star Online, too, but nobody's playing that. I tried. It wasn't exactly great combat. It was... It's. I mean, the original wasn't great combat, but I I still put hundreds of hours into it. <laughs> regardless we have actually jumped way off topic so we have um and that's actually i do want to dial back because steve you mentioned about you know watching a bunch of trailers and most of them are indies and that i think really is the detriment now because the only the like again all the big first parties have generally cleared out to put their announcements in the perimeter of summer games fest so only indies are really putting their their stuff out there in droves and the end result is there's just a, that's where there's an overload because now we got the Tribeca game spotlight we got two showings of the Gorilla Collective we have IGN hmm. Expo is mostly indie stuff you have Future Game Devolver Show game. is mostly indie stuff um there's Devolver had their own thing too wholesome direct who did devolver devolver oh true they always have their own thing though and those is more those is more of a performance with some trailers thrown in 
Um, I didn't even watch it, but I know Suda 51 was in it, and I'm like, okay, you're awesome. <laughs> What's up, nerds? That, that's the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> Having like that needs to be a reaction gift, just Suda 51. What's up, nerds? Like that, that was great. But, uh, and that's true. Like, one of the games that was a highlight of this year came from the end of their Devolver Digital because it starts out as some like storybook link to the past style of game. And you're like, oh, this looks neat. And then the character jumps out of the page and he's playing across all kinds of other stuff in the room. It's got like the Link's Awakening style when he's out of the book, but then he's like across a coffee mug, like acting like, um, I can't remember the name of it. Shoot. I can't remember the name of the game, but it looked really good. Um, it actually is one of the highlights of Summer Games Fest. And it's, you know, because Devolver Digital does have a good eye for indies, like stuff that will stand out. Um, but when you look at most of the... So, and that's the thing, even like Sony, right? Sony's big presentation was bef the week before Summer Games Fest. Most of it was third party, so that's where we got Sony's Resident Evil 4 announcement. That's where we got um, Callisto Protocol revealed. We got Final Fantasy 16 is now slated for next year. And one of the things that I also, that you can also tell through these different presentations, it's true of just E3 in general, right? Now with the internet being what it is, E3 is just the beginning of a marketing push. Once upon a time, a lot of these developers probably had the exact same demo and kiosk that they took from E3 to um, Gamescom in Germany to Tokyo Game Show. And you didn't have to switch it up at all. Now everyone expects something different. So I had the realization, was it 20? When did Jedi Fallen Order come out? Uh, that came out in 2019. That was also a 2019 release? Yeah, I think it was late 2019. So it was either um, 2018 or 2019 that I realized this because EA had a reveal of Jedi Fallen Order and people were like, what? That was it? You didn't show anything. And I'm like, just wait. They're going to show something new at, like next month. They're going to show something new at this event. And what do you know? EA gradually over the course of the summer revealed more and more bits of Jedi Fallen Order. And that's the process now. You're not making your big announcement at E3 and then it's, you know, being shown at these other shows, the same thing. You're making a little announcement and then another little announcement and then there's yet another little announcement. Like, the marketing game has completely changed. And again, it's another reason why E3 is dead because these big publishers don't want to just spend all that time and money on one event and then have nothing new to show. They need to keep that conversation going. So mm. we saw a little bit of Resident Evil 4 now. It's due out in March, so come the fall, we'll probably see the first gameplay reveal. Or something in December or January, we'll see a gameplay reveal of Resident Evil 4. Or maybe they'll show the single player, and then later they'll show the Mercenaries mode. Like, there's going to be different updates as the as time goes on and that's part of why e3 is not as exciting anymore because 
it's just the beginning of the marketing season. And that's where, again, I think Jeff Keighley's trying to make Summer Games Fest into that, like, we're a summer-long celebration of games. But do you know a summer-long music festival? Do you know an entire summer-long convention of any sort? Thank God, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, these, there's a reason these things are small and condensed. And so that like, and that's the thing, like we go to MAGFest, right? Or, well, you and me went to MAGFest and it's four days. Granted, I got there, no, a day early. And I think you guys got there a day early too. Which yeah, makes we, it we all got there a day yeah. like the, the night before. So it's more um, like five and, days. And that's the thing. Yeah. By Sunday, we're exhausted. Dude, by Saturday night, I was sensory overload. My introvert was really hitting. So I left the concert early to go back to the hotel room. I was done. I was ready to be done with MAGFest at that point. And it's fine. That's like, that's just how people are. And that's just how I am. And by Sunday, we were all saying goodbye. We were ready to go home, but we were also glad for, to have just had that time. Yeah. E3 is much the same way where it works best, where it's a burst of days. And that's the thing in the past, like the last days of E3 before COVID, I started to take like the week off from work. One of the reasons because it fell on my birthday. So it was very convenient. But another reason was because on top of the press conferences, I like to just watch Nintendo's Treehouse. But by the last day of Nintendo's Treehouse, I was done. I was ready to be done <laughs> and actually play games again. I was ready to move on. So, and that's something that's missing from this year too, because Nintendo was always the great finisher. They were the last conference. You had the treehouse. They like for any cynicism I had leading up to that, I was always excited for whatever Nintendo was showing. And it, it left me with a good taste in my mouth. You could say, and this year, Nintendo, we have a rumor they're going to be at the end of the year. Uh, at, the, at the end of the month. We have a rumor we got a Nintendo Re Direct at the end of the month. But otherwise, it's like, uh, any sign? Nintendo Doko? Like, where are you guys? Like, it's... We don't have that... I, I don't have that good finisher of Nintendo who always has a hit. But, you know, Capcom was a close second. Capcom did kind of come out swinging, but like because the others were fairly lackluster <laughs> as like as per usual. And, sure, because like everything you know, Cap everything Capcom announced, except for Dragon's Dogma 2, we already largely knew about. And even Dragon Do Dragon's Dogma 2, the NVIDIA leaks. It technically was listed on there, but I mean I was still I, I wasn't counting on that. that I missed still. that. Oh, this was a couple of years ago. NVIDIA leaks, uh it was a bunch of stuff. I forget of a database and stuff like Kingdom Hearts four was on there. Um, <laughs> and that was like, uh. that's, that, that's where technically it's like, okay, when Kingdom Hearts four was announced, it's like, okay, maybe we can expect everything. Cause also it's a Chrono Cross remake, but we know it was a remaster. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that was on there that turned out to be true. Um, I think we're just about at the end of that list from the, the leaks, but um, that's the thing. Like most, like the, the Resident Evil Four remake was on there, and the, that was long rumored anyway. So what we got? Well, I mean, was it, it was it was all but confirmed. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> I'm pretty Cap sure Capcom 
said that they that they were working on it and then because it was becoming too similar to the original um outside of you know better controls that, that was they, an insider report changed it up that was an insider was it? report okay. yeah that that wasn't an actual official statement but it's something that people found from the inside but um actually let's okay. dial let's dial a bit um because I, I i there was a little detail that um skill up brought up that i watched his little video on the xbox uh showcase today and something that he mentioned was that phil spencer had a decree for this ETH, for this game uh xbox bethesda showcase and that was every game must be available within the next 12 months so everything mm. that they showcased will be released by is scheduled internally or not to be released by 20 june 2013 20 June 2023. So that means Hollow Knight Silk Song within 12 months. Overwatch 2. Yeah. Well, we know Overwatch 2 is within, but it's like everything they showed. But that makes me curious then. We didn't see Hellblade Sen was Saga there. They, of course, didn't show Avowed. They didn't show Fable. They didn't show. It's like, what do we know that they have in development? that they didn't show does that mean it's not showing up until at least the latter half of 2023 and yeah, that's so scale bound either well of course not like <laughs> <laughs> they um that's the thing though it's like where okay so oh that is interesting that like everything they showed means it's coming within the next 12 months including some games that might have been a surprise but you know, I've realized I've monologued for a while, so um, you know what? Just give me something you guys are looking forward to. The bugs in Starfield. <laughs> Jeez, you gotta go snarky with it, don't you? I mean, well, and well, and also the 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 inevitable uh, mods that the community make to fix them. Um, in all seriousness, though. I'm those, those aren't the mods that you're really interested in. Let's be serious, Joey. Yeah, it's the nude mod. That that's that's always yeah. gonna be the no, first it's the to Thomas the Tank Engine and Space mod. I mean <laughs> I, I want I'll that. that. That's pretty cool. But like I'm I am interested in in Starfield because it is something a bit I mean, well, it, it at least looks a, a bit different from Bethesda's usual fare a little bit, but I'm also extremely concerned about it. I'm concerned that it's way too ambitious. And I'm also concerned that the, you know, thousand planets that you'd be able to actually land on are, are like 99% yeah. just going to be uh, like resource fodder. And, That's and the problem. Else. Cause they're saying like, Oh, yeah. the entire planet is mapped. In Alpha Centauri, and it's like, oh, if it's just Alpha Centauri, that's not too bad. And Alpha Centauri is just one of many galaxies, and it's like, oh no. Like we've been through. Are you this guys before. nuts? Are you guys lacking in self-awareness? Like so, really? Um, but hey, here's one nice thing. Yeah, and it's Game just, Pass. Yeah, and and it's going to be on Game Pass, which is sick. Yep. So I'll be able to to try it like at no extra cost, uh, unless I want like the gold edition that has extra special stuff. Which I don't know, that might be on Game Pass as well. But either way, um, I'm keeping a close eye on that because 
it's one of those things where it's either going to be incredible or an absolute dumpster fire. Um, I, I don't think it can be somewhere in, in between, but if it ends up being somewhere in between, then I think it's, it, it might end up getting forgotten, which I also don't want, which I don't want for it. You know, nah, want... Bethesda, despite all of their jank, Bethesda has this incredible power to subdue the normie. Um, <laughs> like that's the thing. Like me and I mean, I'm going to tell you how they did it. Me and Steve had something... the had, had a few, um, at least one or two, like shared friends from our old church that were really big into like Fallout and the Elder Scrolls stuff, and I'm just sitting there like, why? Why? I'll tell you why, but it's just some sometimes, man. Just normal people, they just like the weirdest thing. Now, I'll tell you exactly a, why. It's because it, uh, it came out on the 360, which was like, which was the first of the of the of that generation to come out. It, it had a year head start on it on everyone. True. Um, on, on the competition, so people that wanted to keep up and also like get the next halo game and play halo two on the, on the newest console. They got um, oblivion. Yep. They got oblivion and they got hooked on oblivion. Um, and then sky, like and then fallout three comes out and it's by the same guys who did oblivion. So they played that. And then Skyrim comes out and all the all the oblivion heads, uh, loved Skyrim because it was in, in almost every way, shape and form a superior game. I think it's um, sort of a, I think it's a more of an avalanche effect because it does start with Morrowind as well. Morrowind on the original Xbox it, had a big impact. It did. But the thing is, yeah, the original I Xbox mean, didn't sell as big. Therefore, when Oblivion comes around in Skyrim and they're on 360, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I just, I think it was, you're right. It was the, the right combination of a, something that for, I mean, there was a degree where, Skyrim and Fallout 3 both had open worlds that were were they were definitely a step forward even for people who play lots of video games at the time and they were revolutionary to somebody who doesn't play a lot of video games and so I think that combined with especially like with Fallout the writing style that goes along with that and some other aspects definitely had some strong normie appeal uh yep and and so yeah like i get that and i'm i'm glad you know that people find this and i think that's kind of some of what i don't know i don't know if I get into it but like so that's some of what elden ring captured too is it got it got mainstream just enough for people to be like normal people who don't play a lot of video games to really get into it I really but, am curious if Elden Ring is going to be influential in any way to the normie gaming scene because every once in a while I'm on I'm on the subreddit and there's like a dude on the subreddit that was like, dude, I only ever played sports games. This is my first non-sports game and I beat it and I love it. And it's like, how do you go from only playing sports games to playing Elden Ring? What does that have? It's got to be because, because George R. R. Martin's Ring. name was attached, but... Like this well, is a game. He, that, George R. R. Martin was not heavily in, like in its marketing either. Like, they well, no, kinda... they always said from Hidetaki Miyazaka and George R. R. Martin. They made sure his name was always visible. Maybe. I mean, maybe well, maybe in some of the uh, if it was on TV, maybe. But I <laughs> no, even dude, anyway, last guys. year's trailer, last year's trailer for Game Game Fest, 
it started with Hidetaki from the minds of Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R. R. Martin. It's been there since the beginning. Bandai yeah, Namco I mean, knew what they were doing with that. Yeah, but sports fans don't watch Summer Games Fest. That's just kind of what I'm saying. Well, they watch. They don't watch Summer Games Fest. They watch Game of Thrones and they see. Oh yeah, here's a game by George R. R. Martin. Let's go. And George R. R. Uh, Martin himself. I also think it was. It. But I also think it, it was like it was a lightning in the bo- in a bottle thing where, like it was it was a game that exploded. It was everywhere and inescapable, and it, it still has a has a pretty strong foothold. Um, yes, which is super impressive. Um, so it, it's like there were there are people that don't play video games at all and they're talking about it it like this game is everywhere because it's like and and i and i think that the timing of it was also good um and and i know we're we're like going way off topic again but it's i i i do gotta gotta kind of bring this up as far as timing goes because like we are in an interesting time where like we are like practically post-pandemic and elden ring kind of hit like after everyone started getting sick again, <laughs> um, people had to hunker down. But you know, office like uh, workplaces were opening back up, and things are trying to go back to normal. And before the gas price surge, um, and like it, it kind of landed at the right time. It's also you know? a thing of momentum, I think, because I. Th- I feel like Elden Ring was the first game that really had, firstly, the entire games industry this collectively hyped. And that yeah. is going to extend beyond. But even that, like, Dark Souls itself has been a very interesting thing to have grown, and partially from streaming culture. And that's something to also not forget either, is more people are watching streaming than before. More people, more, the young kids and everything are watching streamers. So marketing itself has changed when it comes to games and dark souls went from something that never would have been more than a small niche to this growing force in games to the point that even though it's not one of the best selling sony games bloodborne is still touted as like this is your must play playstation game bloodborne is and that's the thing dude you go to that Sony state of play and you look at the comments and more than anything, more than there are morbid time jokes, right? More than there <laughs> are morbious, awful memes that are the new cake is a lie, right? More than that, more than any other Bloodborne whoa, PC, whoa, whoa. Bloodborne 2, like demands. People want more Bloodborne. Just- and so when Sony says, here's like, you know, Here's a fan favorite PlayStation game coming to PC. They troll their audience for like one second as they're like, did they do it? And then it's Spider-Man. Yep. So just real quick though, the cake (laughs) is a lie. The cake is a lie is more timeless than it's morbid time. Nothing is timeless if it's done to death. The cake. No, here's the, here's the thing though. Because my kids immediately picked up the cake is a lie after watching me play Portal. Like I mean, I, I they, they yes, watched me play through the entirety of the original Portal, completely out of and, context, right. and loses all meaning. But it's still it makes me it's dread. It's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. It is, is a stupid joke. Yes, because no one actually saw the movie. Right. right. Exactly. I'm just saying. 
I don't think that's a fair comparison between the cake is a lie, which yes was overdone, like it's Mormon time because the original. You're joke really was, going to re- to cut semantics no. about so, why? so you're both wrong. I'm gonna like as I'm actually in the middle here, especially in the stream's feed. I'm just gonna tell you that you're both wrong because today's equivalent of the cake is a lie is the haha. Oh, I see. I see the number four twenty. Oh, I see the number sixty nine. It's the funny Reddit numbers, guys. No, that's Same always thing. been a thing. That's though. that's it. No, that, no. that's no, AIM, man. That's AOL Instant Messenger. That predates Portal. That, that to some degree. Anyway, but so but let me talk about what I'm looking forward to, guys. You know what I am looking forward to? You know how I love Overwatch. <laughs> You're looking forward you to being able to get all them Valorant skins you on know. Game Pass. No, you know what I am looking forward to? I am looking forward to playing what looks to be highly derivative of Overwatch, only you're fighting dinosaurs. Let's Exo go. Exoprimal. We're going to be talking about Exoprimal. Let's face it. The only one that looks like Overwatch is the Reinhardt guy. There's the but guy that's kind of enough. Like Genji too. There's a Genji guy. Yeah, there, a okay, there is. There is. He's yeah, got more there, of a trench a coat, though. Plus, you know I'm going to play the big shield guy. You are. I'm counting on Dude, it. Dude, Exo Primal looks absolutely bonkers, and I'm so excited to play it. I it, haven't. It just, like, I, I was not sold big, on it. It's dumb fun. I was not sold on it because I, the very description of it is gamb- Like The second they said you will be competing against another team in like, their first announcement, I was like, oh, no, it's Gambit. And... Gambit is the best mode ever. Until it was the worst mode ever. Like people, it it had a huge retaliation. And this is not going to be a Destiny podcast anyway. But, but the extended gameplay that they showed really sold me on it. Because there's just something like, dude, I'm going to tell you what really sells me on this. Above any other attempt right now. Because there's like that second extinction game that wants to be left for dead with dinosaurs. No. This game has it because of the way the raptors will jam up to the shield and start to try and overflow it. Like just the horde of raptors. And that like (laughs) it looks so good. And you could tell they've got this very specific AI working that they're like thinking as a hive, but at the same time, there's little individual thinking going on. Like this is an intricately made and programmed game and it's, I'm here for it. The Triceratops and T-Rex give me monster hunter vibes. The only <laughs> thing after the, even like the PVP portion, I'm like, you know what? This looks interesting. The only thing. Oh, and like, instead of invading and in gambit, you take over and possess a dinosaur and attack the other players as the dinosaur. That's so dinosaur. cool. Dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur. But, stop mocking me. No. The, <laughs> the Guys, you can be a dinosaur. I'm going to kill you. Um, speaking of. In Minecraft. In Minecraft. We need. We need. Oh, wait. Is he no making a reference? Violence. I don't know. No, no, no! It, y- y- you say that so that you don't get tos. So, you, so you're not making a threat. You can't make you a threat. Say, I'm gonna violence. kill you oh, in Minecraft. Oh, I, I guess I didn't. Know. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sever your rather. eyebrows from your face. Um, the I don't know. You guys got me off track now. No, the the <laughs> the 
It was about dinosaurs. I hate you. I hate everything about you. <laughs> Dude, that, that's that's my that's my favorite COVID virus. Oh, I was gonna dinosaurs. say Dino Warfare Band. They gotta be the soundtrack for the game. Um This is Dinosaur Warfare. Exactly. The 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 okay, so yeah, this game does is having me more excited than before. Um and yeah, even the yeah, PvP portions don't I, look that it was big. like World War Z zombies. Just I mean World War Z dinosaurs that were just they were all just like falling all over each other. <laughs> Dude, it's so good looking. It it really is. So I'm I signed up for the closed network test. I'm hoping I get into this one at least. I don't seem to have any luck. I signed it like I signed up for Babylon's Fall. I signed up for a whole bunch of stuff, never got in. So hopefully this time. You're kind of lucky. You're kind of lucky you didn't get into the Babylon's Fall one, though, right? Well, I still yeah. played the demo. I still played the demo, and it was eh. But regardless, um, but yeah, Exoprimal is looking excellent. It's going to come out next year. It and Pragmata are Capcom's two new IPs. Um, the only misgivings I have about Exoprimal is it showed like, oh, here's the explosive dinosaur and here's the sniper dinosaur. And as weird as those are, like, I'd rather just like different kinds of dinosaurs that actually existed. Um, they look like damage sponges and I'm not fond of that. So other, no, otherwise, I, I don't want real. Do I don't want real dinos. I just just give me the fake ones that that have a specific purpose because the the game's ridiculous already. I don't. I don't need real dinosaurs. I need. I need. J just give me the. Just give me the crappy face. Just give ones. me something fun. <laughs> yeah. Just, just give me something fun and silly. I'm. I'm already like. I'm already on board. Don't. Don't. Don't try to. Don't try to ground the experience. Okay. All right. No, this, this. This doesn't need any reality. I. And you know. I was mad at first because you see the red-haired girl in, in the original trailer. And oh, and like, she looks oh, like Dino Crisis. She looks like Reg Regina is the name of the character. I think it's Regina. Yeah, she um, looks like her, but she's not. It'd be funny if she was, and, and like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> no, she's got like a Russian accent or something like that. Did she? I don't. Well, I forget. Either way, like, it'd be funny if it was her because that would be that would just be hilarious. It's like, yeah, this dude, is the this is where Dino Crisis is gone. There's already people ratioing the crap out of this game though, just because they want it to be Dino Crisis. They they're angry. It's not a Dino Crisis remake. Which, firstly. Capcom didn't even know there was interest in a Dino Crisis remake until this game was probably already in development. And they're yeah. like they're not gonna just and, and that's the thing, like they are trying to do stuff with multiplayer, Resident Evil versus and other crap like that are their ways of trying to break like what was it that shit? Resident Evil with, Versus was also supposed to come out over a year ago. It was. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> and it looks like garbage. Um, what was it, the dude. what was the game that came with uh, Resident Evil Two? No, Resident Evil Three. No, wait, no. Um, yes, Three. What came with Resident Evil Three? Parasite. I don't remember, but it was like a it was like a like a Dead by Daylight arcade. It was, and I don't know if you know. anyone that played it. Like I, it looked. I, I know two people that played it. Okay, like, a couple times. Okay, it looked interesting, but like, nobody ever it. played it. So I, it, I never got, it wasn't. I never played it because I never had anyone to play with. So and I'm not going to play with randoms. So <laughs> like, um, but all of that said, um, I have two more questions. One of the things I posited when I was looking at Microsoft and Sony, and this isn't completely Summer Game Fest related. 
I'm looking at the different strategies, right? Like, and this is partially spawned by people looking at, and I even saw it with like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. People saw that was exclusive to um, uh, PS5, and people were like another loss for Xbox Series L. Xbox takes another L, and I'm like, we're still doing this thing. Like, people were looking at uh, the 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 games on in the Xbox showcase, like the uh, the Wolong Wolong from T uh, Team Ninja. That yeah. is, it turns out it's also on PlayStation and Steam, right? Like, it's also available on PlayStation. People are like, oh, another L, another loss for Xbox. And it's like, is it though? Because it's on Game Pass. And chances are on PlayStation, this is going to be 70 bucks. But the thing yep. is, I'm really curious what people, like, what you guys think of the strategies of both companies. Because Microsoft is clear Game Pass is their strategy. And it's on any platform that they can get it on. Like they, they just announced it's on Samsung TVs. Connect controller to <laughs> controller to your Samsung TV, and you can stream games via Game Pass to your TV. No console needed. No super powerful PC needed. Just sixteen bucks a month or so, and well, ten sixteen bucks a month, whichever gets you the TV. There's your sub. There's your ability to play some of the latest games coming out from Microsoft and third parties. Sony I mean, just announced their revised PS plus and it's impressive. It is more games than what Microsoft has between PS four and five. What you have to stream through the cloud of PS three and what is available for PlayStation classics. It's a lot of games. Some of what Sony has, like Sony's got Yeast 9, and I think Yeast A2. It's got Yeast 9, which is something that Microsoft never had. So they, they're getting games that, and, and Microsoft lost a bunch of the Final Fantasy games. Like a bunch of Final Fantasy 12 left. I think Final Fantasy 10 left by now. Um, and now Sony's yeah, got all of them. 13 and on there. 10 are gone. So Sony's got all of them now. And so there's a lot of stuff that you can get, but most of it is not new and you're not going to be getting Sony's first parties. So the you have to well, have a PlayStation. You, I mean, there's some because there's like Returnals on there now. I think, I think Returnal think, didn't I, sell I like just... they wanted it to as part of the problem. Yeah. So my impression is that I think this is a, just from a strictly like overall perspective, I, I see this as a better model from a business perspective, what Sony's doing in that, right. They're putting a whole ton of stuff from their back catalog. Um, you know, not their back catalog necessarily, but sort of back catalog games and sort of highlighting some of last year's first party games. Like death stranding is on there. The like death standing director's cut ghost of Tsushima Returnal, so big name games that are a couple years old at this point, and so or somewhere in the couple year old range, and I honestly think that's, I I've said this before. I don't think long term Microsoft intends to release new releases of all their first party games on Game Pass at the current price tier. I don't think that's really sustainable for them. And so I 
I think Sony is picking a model that is more sustainable in terms of, you know, the sort of the, like I used to subscribe to Marvel Unlimited for comics and there was like a six month delay. Like you could read the new comics from six months ago and that was always perfectly fine for me. But like, so I like the idea of, of that sort of model. The games I am super hyped for, I am happy to buy on release and everything else I'd be super stoked to have a, a basically unlimited backlog per Sony's model. That's my take. I'm not sure I completely agree. Like, for example, I got to play Scarlet Nexus well before I would have bought it on sale. Whereas Tales of Arise has not shown up on Game Pass yet. I bought it for like 15 or 20 bucks cheap. And after Cyberpunk 2077, I'll probably switch, switch over to that. Um, so it's like by time Tales of Arise, if it goes to Game Pass hits, I'll have no reason to download it because I already own it. I think, especially with the way games drop in price, if the games you have are a year to two years old or more, is that really going to bring... Now, at the same time, it's a mixed deal, right? Because um, I'm not sure... Like, like I'm just providing a counterpoint. But at the same time, it's not like... I, st I still have Dragon Quest Eleven on my Game Pass, and I still aim to play it sometime. Maybe because it's on Game Pass and I didn't pay for it, that's keeping me from loading it up, as well as the fact that it's like an 80-hour game. But I think there's a lot of benefit to having a lot of your like more recent releases on there. I mean, I'm going to wait for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge for other platforms, but I can download it now for Xbox because it's on Game Pass. I'm going to be able to right. download Hollow Knight Silk Song and maybe wait for it. And this is like the, the selfish consumer perspective. I'm actually going to buy Silk Song immediately on Steam to make sure I support Team Cherry. I'm going to right. get it on... I'm probably going to get it on... Um, Game Pass, though, to play it on Xbox and just have Steam to be my copy. Um, but that's the I thing. Like, that's kinda, right. It's it's nice. Like, it's super nice for gamers to have that stuff now. I think long term, both for developers and for the platform, I like I said, I just don't think it's sustainable. So I think we're sort of, well, right, we're getting these benefits now, and that's cool. Well, I I, I got to point out when it comes to like the model being sustainable, the difference between Microsoft and Sony in this regard is that Microsoft is just like they're trying to get the games everywhere so that you don't need yes. a console to play them. Or you have the Xbox One and you can still stream Series X games um, without having yes. to buy the new hardware. I, I have friends that do that. Um uh, Chris, you mentioned the the TVs. You can yep. um, you can also uh, stream them to your PC or your phone if you're subscribed at, at the correct tier. Um, the and it's it like you can get you can play them literally anywhere. Whereas Sony, the the, the pricing model is is more confusing. Um, and yes, you need the new hardware 
in order to play the new games and you can only play the new games on the new hardware. That's true. You'd be um, playing the same price on the PS4, but you'd have fewer games to be able to play. Like you won't have right. access to Returnal if you're play. You'd be paying the same price on PS4, but you can't play Returnal. Yeah, you can't play Demon Souls. Those are two games automatically not in your library. That's part of the thing. Like, if I only had a PC, Game Pass would still be of use to me. I have a PC yeah. and Xbox, so it's of use to me on both platforms. But even then, if I got a Samsung TV with Xbox Game Pass and I did not have a good PC and I did not have a good console, or even if I have just a crappy laptop that's not a gaming laptop but it's capable of streaming, there you go. And it's evidently the best game streaming tech out there with the least latency, the best performance, the best, you know... Next to Stadia. No, actually, it's evidently better than Stadia. I was making a joke. Oh, okay. I didn't realize, sorry. Um, I should have known. I should have known. Any mention of Stadia is a joke, right? Um, <laughs> yes. But well, that's—I so, mean, like, yeah. Like, so you guys, you guys are totally right. And what, but what I'm, what I'm seeing is, I think, I think Microsoft's plan is to Netflix everybody, and oh, wait definitely. Till they oh, yeah. wait till everybody gets it on every system, and that's what they're relying on, and then bump that price up every like six months like oops now it's two dollars more and like boil a bunch of frogs in their in their ecosystem and so but like yeah is it is it is the overall model good yes i don't think the model will continue in the same way at the same price for too much longer that's all to I'm be really fair well for a two i'm inclined two, to agree with that two points to be fair the first is that you predicted by now we'd already have that price hike. And the second point is they actually keep having the $1 for three month deal going on. They keep bringing that back. And evidently you don't have to be a first timer to get that. I found out um, there are people that oh. get that over and over again, um, which is interesting. But um, granted, I could be wrong. I could have misheard or they could have been miscommunicating or there could be some other shady way you go about it. But, you know, I've heard that you don't have to be a first timer. Now, all those things aside, you're right. They are still growing their subscriber numbers. And at some point they probably will. Well, any service is going to start to boil the frog and increase their right. prices. So the question is when and how often and to how much, um, but even then, like, how much is it going to cost and how many will they have more games worth the money to the point that you're like, hey, man, 25 bucks a month is still better than having to spend 70 bucks on a brand new game. Yeah, especially because my habit was to buy a new game every month. That's That's what I did. So now I don't have to do that. <laughs> In some ways, I'm looking forward to not having. I actually heard like Scorn had trouble development. Scorn's one of the games I was really looking forward to. I'm kind of glad I don't have to tr uh, pay before I try. I could try before I buy, um, and we'll see. Maybe it will be a big dud. Like that's one of the nice things about Game Pass is a lot. Like and again, like Starfield. I might play Starfield. I don't give a crap about. Like I didn't play Fallout Four. I didn't play Skyrim. I don't give a crap about Bethesda games, 
But hey, if it's on <laughs> Game Pass, why not? Redfall. I'm not convinced to buy that for 60 or $70. Wait, it's on Game Pass? Why not get a bunch of my friends together? Did you buy Back for, Back for Blood, Steve? I did not. Did any of your friends my, buy Back for Blood? Yeah, my friends, buy my friends on PlayStation bought Back for Blood. Oh, was it crossplay? Yeah. yeah well, aren't cross they suckers? See, you just got <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, they I... sh- what they should have done is paid $400 for an Xbox <laughs> and the extra $5 a month or $10 a month for Game Pass instead of just No. Paying, what you do is you paying... get Xbox All Access like I did, and you only spend 35 bucks a month for two years getting an Xbox Series X with Game Pass Ultimate. <laughs> like... <laughs> Which on so what one you're hand, really doing is you're paying thirty five dollars a month for your Game Pass box instead <laughs> of paying ten dollars a month for Game Pass on a system you bought. Actually, I think I already. Boy, I'm sunk. hearing a lot of coping and seething on this podcast. <laughs> just just throwing it out there. I'm like Chris, you always put your well, co- your your copium Chris, tanks Chris, away that you're huffing your, off of. What was your other question? My last I mean, question I mean, is I mean, mostly I mean, for 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 Joey here. I'm going to try Uh-oh. and phrase it in a different way, though, so it doesn't sound like I'm trying oh, to coach boy. the exact response I really am. No, um, no, no, no. How does, it, how does it feel for Sony to effectively pretend they never had a game before The Last of Us Part 1? Um, <laughs> I don't like Neil Druckmann. I'll put it to you that way. Um, it's pretty messed up. I, and, you know, th- this is... Um, like to, to actually link this question with with their with their game pass and uh ps plus discussion um sony needs to start giving a shit uh and yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say some profanity here because sony i'm talking directly to you okay because i know you're listening i know you oh yeah totally you smell bad (laughs) you smell you smell like you smell like old onions from subway specifically um (laughs) go go shave and shower um but like what um what Sony needs to do is they need to start giving a crap about the PS3 because um people want to play those games and people will pay money to have access to them. Um so they need to figure out emulation on the PS5 because the tech can do it. It might not be perfect, but they can still do it, right? Like this is um like while Sony was riding high on the PS4 during the last gaming generation, uh, Microsoft was busy building the backwards compatibility catalog. All right. Um, it did increase. Oh, it, no. yeah, and it surprised everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it did because like they, they, they found out like, Oh, you can play Xbox 360 games natively on the Xbox one. All right. Well, let's just start, you know, let's, let's load these games onto our servers so that when people pop in their discs, they download a copy of the game to their console and then they can play it. I, I have installed on my series X, um, Sonic generations, uh, metal gear solid HD two and three and, uh, and lost odyssey. Sure. I have to start them over because I didn't upload my, my three sixty saves to the cloud, but I can play them. And some of these games, like if the, if the, if the devs care, they will update the games to, to really utilize the, the the better hardware, I'm playing Sonic Generations at 60 FPS with 
practically no load times. It is unreal. And with HDR and 4K, it's like the, this game has never looked this good. And it's so much fun to actually like it's like I'm experiencing the game for the first time all over again. Not every game has has received that treatment, but you know, uh, faster load times are guaranteed. Sony could do the same thing if they gave a shit about the PS3, but they clearly don't. Um, we are at a point where the tech in the PS5 can do it. They all they need to do is try. If they put one game out, that, like dude, that would work wonders for them. I, like that would get people to start believing in them, and then people are like, okay, well, there there are games that are stuck in, in in PS3 hell that we can play again, hopefully. I but mean, it's they, not even just like, that, dude. It's imagine re-releasing Infamous One and Two and Second Son on PC. You could do yeah. it. It would be a poor they job could. because you got to change it not to rely on cell architecture. It would be an investment, but you could port Infamous 1 and 2 and Second Son all on PC. You could have the Infamous Trilogy bundle and people would buy it. People would give it a I, try. I would. Right? Especially, pe exactly, people like me where my PS3 is busted. It doesn't run the discs anymore. I need a new PS3. Oh. Or I need to find a way to pick fix this one. If I want to play PS3 games, I need to replace them effectively. Third parties, that's mostly no problem. I either get them for 360 or Steam. But first party Sony games like Resistance 3, Infamous 1 and 2, and that's the thing. Like when I got my PS3, it was like years into that generation. In fact, I got my PS3 the week of the server hack. Oh, I remember that. I got my PS3 the week that of the was, server. What, 2013? Hack. Yes. No, 2011. No, no, 2011, 2011. You're right. It was before because yeah, 2013 was right. when I moved. There so. was another one in 2013. <laughs> yeah. So I got my PS3 that week. And that's the thing. Like, Infamous was, uh, was the PS Plus game, and I downloaded it, and Infamous 2 was about to come out. And I played Infamous, and I was like, dude, this game's actually really good. I yep. usually like don't like this kind of first like open world game anymore, but I like this, and it it's like it's a superhero game without feeling like a superhero game. I love it. Let's have more. I played it from a second son. I was like, dude, this is one of the best feeling endings of a game. Like this game's great, and like Infamous was good, dude. And basically, after second Infamous son, first light, the expansion, like a little standalone thing. Oh, that was really also good too. A good time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like Resistance 3. I I played a little bit of Resistance 1, didn't like it. Skipped Resistance 2. For some reason, I heard just the right kind of stuff about Resistance 3 that I grabbed it and I played it. And I was like, holy crap, this is like some great mixture of Halo and Half-Life 2. Like, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And it's great. One of the best first-person shooters I played. And I can't play it anymore. And like... Never again, Chris. Never again. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> what are they? In, and people are pointing stuff like this out. And even skill up again. YouTuber, mainstream guy, loves live service shooter games. So it's like you, he's he's at least half normie, right? So <laughs> he he he's sitting there like Bloodborne is running at like barely thirty FPS on PS five. You're telling me you guys can't update that? You had to nope. spend the money 
quote unquote remaking The Last of Us 1. This is what you're spending your money on. And then you're demanding players spend $70 when the PS4 remaster has already been upgraded for PS5 and is perfectly playable and still like it, like it, it, it's as good as it was when it released. I'll put it that way. So <laughs> like, it, like that's the thing that gets me. Like when, when Sony talks about their virtuous cycle and other garbage, like part of it feels like they want to ignore any game that they made before the last of us. Cause yeah, they they're willing to leverage their back catalog for something like PS plus. But what are they willing to do going forward? And aside from something like reinventing God of War or, okay, we're going to have a twisted metal television show so that, I don't know, we can try and like, and that's the thing, their whole multimedia television show strategy is completely based around trying to get people that don't play games to give them money somehow. Like they're, they're, they're trying to appeal. Like, that's why you have, um, I almost said Tom Hiddleston. That's not who it is. Uh, Spider-Man boy, Peter Parker. Um, Steve. I, I don't know who he is. By saying Tom Hiddleston now. Um, oh, I threw you off. He's not Tobey Maguire. He's not Andrew Garfield. No, it, it's he, Tom. Uh, it, it is Tom. But I, today I he's Tom Sawyer. Me, me. <laughs> okay. Um, EMCA. Oh man, you're right. Uh, but yeah, it's like that's why you get him. That's why you get Mark Wahlberg to play a character, even though all he is is Mark Wahlberg. Um, like Uncharted isn't for gamers. The uh, the movie's not for people that play games. It's for people that don't play games, right? The HBO Max yeah. show for Last of Us. That's not for people that actually play the games. That's not for no. Granted, the Halo show that came out guys, recently. Uh, Oh, 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 oh. Don't remind guys, I, me. I figured it out. I figured it out. Games are the new books. Oh, they're definitely well. That's the thing. Hollywood is definitely trying to leverage games and anime in order to find their new comic book to just get people on the internet frothing for whatever garbage they churn out. But Sony specifically is intentionally seeking to take all of their major franchises and turn that that's why they got like a god of war tv show in the makes they've got their gran turismo movie which sounds awful it sounds worse than i would have expected i would have rather they just remake days of thunder and call it gran turismo the movie like ugh. but that's the thing like that's what Sony's strategy is outside of games. Like again, Microsoft wants you to give them a, to subscribe to their service, no matter what device you have, they want you to play game pass on your refrigerator. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Sony is trying to just make a move. Oh, granted, of course, Sony film, you know, Columbia pictures, all that. So of course it makes sense. They're trying to make movies um, out of all of this stuff or television out of all of this stuff. And just take, it's like their IP only exists to see how well it can be turned into a movie or TV show. And maybe Bloodborne doesn't have what it takes. Maybe, um, I'm surprised Demon Souls even got a remake, right? Like, I'm surprised they even cared enough about that. I'm surprised they care enough about Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, they, they clearly, like 
begrudgingly released the last guardian and then immediately shoveled it like where the dog shovels their doo-doo like they don't care about so Game much of this anyway. stuff anymore yeah i said it well i mean i never played it i don't really care. you suck <laughs> <laughs> uh and of course gravity rush oh yeah they'll bring the they'll bring cat out whenever they want to tout out how they got female protagonists but they hate gravity rush you can tell like oh they, they, oh, they hate gravity rush so it's 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 like i don't know like now i hate them because i love gravity rush gravity rush is, is then why do you keep buying that. their systems like <laughs> of course this is where my bias comes out and it's it's it's, it's unfair of me um because in a lot of ways i do mock the idea of the like oh well here's your l like take your l microsoft and i i feel the same way like I think it's actually, I'm actually a little, I'm curious, but also worried because like right now, Microsoft doesn't have any good first parties lined up. Like, what do they have to compete with God of War Ragnarok coming out this, this year? Which I think it's all this about confirmed. year. I mean, actual I, I think first it's, party, which. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft ain't got crap. My, Halo Infinite's still not finished. So, <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? It went gold a while ago. <laughs> no, that's it didn't. We said. still don't have co-op. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, heard. Halo, and, and that's the thing. Even that is Halo Infinite really that good? Like, as much crap as I can give Sony for things, it's like God of War was a good game. God of War Ragnarok is probably going to be a good game as well. Does Halo Infinite stand a chance against that? Like, as much as Forza at least stands a chance of making Gran Turismo look like the greedy money-making machine that it is, uh, with its rotten transaction garbage and everything. Oh, God, and that made me remember Sony wants to have 10 live service games by 2025, and you know that Last of Us multiplayer game is one of them. Oh. Blockchain, blockchain games are coming for Sony. It's only a matter oh. of time. Yep. Steve, I just hope as you spend 70 bucks on these brand new first party Sony games, you have learned a lesson in I have always bought a, a Sony console. I will always buy a Sony console. Like, I, this is what you get for simping for brands, man. Like, oh. <laughs> Sony. Needs. you're simping for brands that's why you're watching kenobi uh <laughs> no. I, dude i like ewan mcgregor's obi-wan kenobi okay <laughs> if, that's that's why i'm watching it i buy sony consoles because i want to play the games that will be released on the sony consoles and then i also end up having a microsoft console in my house because i also want to play the games which will be released for for the Microsoft console that will not be released for the Sony console. Eventually. And I just try not to think too hard about it because it's we live in a world <laughs> where no matter what you do, you are helping somebody evil do the evil thing that they want to do. You buy something am off Amazon, like you were just, just supporting the Bezos, man. You use Google, and like, I don't even need to tell you that Google's evil at this point. Like, you use any social media, and like all these people are the worst. You like every article of clothing of you wear was knitted in a right, sweatshop. All of the slaves. all of the jewels, the, it all of the precious the metals clothes, in our computers the, the, and game consoles were mined by slaves. slaves. 
all like the even the cotton like in your pants made by slaves. So yeah. like, so I've got bigger things to worry about than like <laughs> I disagree with how Sony is handled their PS3 backwards compatibility. And I think stupid for trying to appeal to non-gamers <laughs> with their game-based movies. Like, I just, there's bigger fish to fry in the universe. We could get mad about it, but I'm just not that into it. But to counter-argue yeah, I mean, that, because it's, them. because it's a luxury, you can go without more easily, right? Like, I mean, just to counter-argue, like... <laughs> yeah, just, just exactly what I just said. Now, I, I'm going to say, uh, because... Uh, we we actually have been at this for for a bit now. Um, Wasn't uh, this about Summer Game Fest? Like <laughs> it, it was, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah. point out that no matter which model you choose to support, none of them are as bad as Nintendo. I wish I could. Bombed. I wish I could argue, but you're not entirely wrong because they kind of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo is great, but they're also awful. Like, so I will, I will not counter argue that because you're not wrong. It's Nintendo like, puts out consistency. Like they are consistent, in which they are also consistently terrible with their backlog. As if they don't care, they care selectively, and it's always like, man, some of the games that 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 they would add to to their to their services to like. Like oh wow you got Sega Genesis and I gotta pay extra for it so I can play Sonic One again, cool. Um, yeah. And like, do I really need to play like Joe and Mac on on Super Nintendo? Do I really? Do by the I? way, by the way, by the way, why would we release a new F Zero when there's nothing new we can do with it? By the way, here's our 20th some Super Mario Party game, and it's literally a remake of all of a bunch of our older boards. Yep. Yeah, I see. See, they're they're just mad because the Yakuza devs made the last good, the last F Zero, and it was the best one. And now they're just making Yakuza games, so you ain't getting that back. You ain't. Yep. <laughs> No, um, I mean, there's probably going to be another virtual fighter, but anyway. But um, yeah, I guess that about wraps up. I mean, I guess on the whole, there's there is stuff to look. For. I mean, I've by time this goes up, I'll have had three three different articles uh, recounting my own thoughts on Summer Games Fest, and in the end, I might give crap to Sony. But part of it is I want Microsoft to be able to put the pressure on them so they learn to actually be a better company. But at the same time, I do want Microsoft to look at what PS Plus is offering and think, you know what, maybe we really ought to go, we really ought to step our game up as well, because um, the best thing is competition, and I want I want Sony to get their heads out of their butts as much and care more about their back catalog. But like, yeah, it's it is what it is. But at the same time, like, let's face it, like Nintendo, people don't gripe about part of it's because people gripe about them about the dumbest things. And then it's also like, you got to remember, they're a toy company. They may make video games, but they consider themselves a toy company. And that's something where you always got to be like, again, I'm afraid for the next Nintendo console. I'm afraid what it's going to be because I know what I want it to be. 
and that means they're not going to make what I want. So the new Game Boy. Yeah, <laughs> I would love if they somehow I would, brought that name back. I, I was I was actually thinking the other day because I found my Game Boy Advance SP, um, that that has like an entire line of dead pixels. But um, uh, I I was thinking like, dude, the Game Boy brand was iconic. Like that that is like possibly my like the the, the brand that I really admired so much when i was younger because like you hear a game like anyone you mentioned a game boy they know they know exactly what it is you're talking about but anyway do they because um, i think of the brick I, well i mean there was there was the brick there was the brick that showed color and then there was the <laughs> football shaped uh brick that showed color no no, no no none of the others were the brick the game boy pocket the game boy color these were the game boy advanced they're just smaller these were bricks ma- no they're not bricks they're not bricks the brick was the brick and i, I dropped mean, yeah. that thing so many times and yeah it still worked battery acid i don't think even yep. killed the one i think the one still survived even with battery acid but i don't remember but that that's the game, but, but no, I mean, yeah, to wrap up, I mean, that is where I, I stand. And again, like summer game, I think from now on, it's just a point of summer games fest is like, again, E3 is dead. I just got to accept that there are going to be these individual events with little bits of hype and maybe going to something like PAX East in the future or reuniting at MAGFest with friends. Like that's where I get that kind of excitement. But otherwise, the big E3, like, I doubt it will come back because there's no pragmatic reason for Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony to all compete on those stages at in, in one three-day period. There's no pragmatic reason. There's no no practical purpose. So those well, days I, are gone. Well, I got, I got a fun question to close out on then. Would you want it to come back? I mean, I think I would because I miss. And that's the thing. Like, it's completely we just, selfish. Why don't we just let that one hang? Why don't we just let that one hang? We're gonna let it hang. Let that one hang. <laughs> okay. One hang. You know what? I, I I I I like where you're going with that, Nolan. Nolan, do we want it to come back? I don't know. Maybe cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Nolan, where's Nolan? He's not in my chat. I mean, Did you just Nolan. call Steve Nolan? I I had a drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right next week the chris next time we do the next time like two weeks we gotta start out you'll be like hey nolan yeah all right sure. done well except next week next week next week i do plan on recording hopefully we're going to have joey asuna and zach here for the big elden ring podcast because <laughs> i finished all right uh, let's see if i can beat zach the game by then um, i says i don't give two uh, yeah, craps about that. I guess I won't be participating. Nah, you'll be alone having your Horizon Forbidden West podcast by yourself. Oh, burn! <laughs> I, I genuinely feel so bad for those devs. T- like, twice in a row it happened. Twice in a row. Uh, uh, some of them were some of them were salty in a bad way, so I don't feel bad for all of them. But most of them, yes. Bad release timing in both cases. Of all the flavors they chose to be. All right, yeah. But hey, uh, answer answer Joey's question, which I've already forgotten. 
in the comments. I do have a comment section. You do need a discuss account. I will admit that. It? You want but E3 please, to come back. do you want E3 to come back? Um, comment below, hopefully, please. I mean, granted, we're on the stream, so you can't. But on the blog, when this is posted, go ahead and comment below. Do you want E3 to come back? Start commenting on my blog, please. It's empty and I'm writing a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah. Thanks, guys, of course, for another episode. Thanks for joining. Of course. Um, I did not intend to go almost two hours, but it is what it is. Um, next week, we'll probably be insane because there will be maybe four of us. So we'll see how that goes. So. <laughs> Have a good night, y'all. Later. Bye.